turn to your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. We are in a series in which um, the disciples are asking the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray, teach us to pray. What a wonderful question. We're going to go over some, if you have a pen handy, and I encourage you to always have a pen handy, we're going to go over some prayer requests and some updates. First of all, there's a couple things I really want to promote. Friend Day 2020, we put a little card on your seat. Secure a friend for Friend Day on October 4th. Um, pull in all your kudos that you can, and, you know, it'll just be a great way to um, feel a little bit of our past normalcy, and so pray and work and secure a friend for Friend Day, and I gave you one of these that you can put in your purse to be ready. The second thing I want to promote is the ladies' retreat. The ladies' retreat, we've got, we have got such a, uh, a wonderful speaker coming, and, but even beyond the speaking, because I know, I know it's a joint thing, they're just, it's so good to be able to get away and to relax and to have girl time. I mean, we girls, we know how to have girl time. And it is just a wonderful time of taking a deep breath and a pause. And then you're, you're just so much more ready for receiving the word of God when you're relaxed. There is truly a physical and spiritual connection. We know the opposite is true, you know, when we're stressed or bothered. It's just like there's a blockade there. And the opposite is true with with getting together with girls and that relaxing. And laughter doeth good as a medicine, you know. We girls know how to laugh. I love the fact that we know how to laugh. And so if you can get away for that ladies' retreat, if you have any questions, there's some forms up here. There's some forms out there on the Welcome Center. Um, Make yourself available to that, and between Maya and myself, we can answer just about anything that you want to know. Here's some new prayer requests. Um, first of all, Colleen's not here this morning. Roy's knee was bleeding, and so she's, but uh, just a, not a big concern, but a concern. And so he had that um, replacement on last Thursday, and so please lift them up in prayer today. There's a praise here. Rachel, Cindy's Rachel, who's been on our list for a long time with different issues, uh, her epilepsy seems to be under control, which is a great, um, she's working, she's driving, which has mama's heart, you know. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, Kathy Heider ran into uh, Betty Coker, and um, she is needing to see a specialist on Wednesday. The Cokers are related to the Vietis, who... Um, have a sweet past history with our church, and she asked for prayer. Continue to pray for Tim Berger. I don't believe he's on uh, my list here. Uh, Tim Berger, uh, healing from a heart attack and a stroke. And then um, Sarah, Sarah right there next, next to Katie. Her cousin Ashley is having a baby on October 26th, and she asked for prayer. Um, and then also Jenny, where's Jenny? Jenny, Jenny's brother. Uh, pray concerning Jenny and her brother, that her brother will find the peace that he needs. Um, please put that down there. And the other on my back is vitacost.com to clear the sinuses. <laughs> so this is my, my go-to sheet. So um, Cindy is here with any new updated prayer requests that you can give her. She, there's a list going around. Karen? Um, I, I changed this on the list of connected, but for Todd, his cancer is in remission. Praise um, God. What a so praise. I'm going to continue to pray that it stays. Um, 
They Amen. Don't call it remission anymore. Correct. They call it inactive. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so that it remains inactive. Amen. 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 Did I see another? Oh, that's huge. That is huge. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's great. And so and so just pray that uh, that continues to stay that way. All righty. There's a prayer sheet going around if you have. Oh, it's right up here. Okay. Yep. And I am going. This is going to be mine. And I will do what I need to do on that later on. So all righty. I am so glad you're here. Would you tell the lady next to you, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we get 10 o'clock. And, and, and apart from doing a cartwheel, which I can't do, um, let's open up God's word because we all can do that. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. And uh, we are in this wonderful study, Lord, teach me to pray. And Jesus begins with the first two beautiful words of what? Our Father, and we have talked about this. Uh, I just cannot get past this, and I pray I never get over it, that the God of the universe would choose to be, Linnell, our Father. And uh, what that does for us then as family, because uh, we are all connected as family. And someday, girls, very soon, we're all going to be sitting around that table, the table prepared for us, and it's just going to be beyond what our eyes have ever seen or our minds have ever imagined. And we will be so filled. And being the foodie I am, I love to be filled. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning that we can sit here in the freedom of America in our beautiful class and open up your word. God, may you change us by your grace through your word as we apply it. Father, I pray for the many needs represented here, the many hearts. Father, in every heart, there's an ache and there's emptiness. And you long as being our Father to fill that and to heal that. And I pray that that, that will be accomplished this morning. In thy precious name, amen. So our Father, let me tell you about our Father for just a moment. And to do that, we have to turn to our parallel verse with this study. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21, the verses I encouraged you to memorize. And I just want you to know that Vivian called me Sunday, af Sunday afternoon and said, I've got it. And I said, I'm so proud of you. So Vivian gets this towel. God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food, and it has to do with the section that we are in in Matthew chapter 6, we are down to verse 9 about give us this day our daily bread, so I thought this towel was so appropriate. So Vivian, after class, you grab your towel, and I want every single one of you to call me at some point or tell me at some point, I've got it down. Now, now remarkably, pieces and snatches will continue to come back. And, and it's, it's all right if you get it mixed up because I actually learned these two verses like two decades ago because it was so needful and a need in my heart. And I'm still striving to memorize them in order again. And that's, that's what happens, but it never returns void. And so I really encourage you, as you open your Bibles to uh, also Hebrews 13, 20 and 21, um, it's our parallel verse, and it begins with, 
the word now. Now, now, now. So why does Paul, I believe Paul uh, wrote Hebrews, why does Paul begin with, what part of speech? I, I don't know for sure. I know it's a when, so it might be an ever, but Trina, what would you say the word now in the part of speech would be? Okay. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, she's my go-to for anything uh, English. Now, why in the world would God have this to be the first verse right here, this word, now? And I thought about it, and I thought, hmm, why would that be now? And as I did not know what the part of speech was, and I did not want to call Trina, I just thought, I know what now is. And here's, here's what I wrote. The word now, first of all, is an anticipating word. It's an anticipating word. It's to get my attention. It's a call to, ready, listen up, listen up, listen up. Teachers, how do you call your class back to a singular focus? You go, now. Now turn to chapter, now, now read up here what I've written, now. Pay attention, so it's a, it's a preparatory word. Um, it's also when you have a dear friend and you're calling to tell them something so exciting, it's an anticipating word because you're saying, now, now you've got you've to hear this, you've got to hear this now. See, so it's also an anticipating word, it's a preparatory word, and then parents, how do you correct children? Now. Now hush. Now. Now. See, so it's a word that, that calls um, for me to stop whatever I'm doing because it's a powerful pause. I'm about to hear something that I really need. And so this is why God directed Paul to begin this wonderful verse in Hebrews with the word now, it's pause. I've got something really big to tell you, and it's about, ready? It's about our Father. And so now, going back, now, going back to Hebrews 13, 20, now it begins, ready? The God of, tell me. Peace. Ah, this is explosive. Now the God of peace, who is our Father, sink that deeply into your hearts and your minds and chew on it as in give me this day what I need. I need to know that my father is the God of peace. Because girls, in my lifetime, I cannot remember a time in which America has been so filled with not peace. No peace. But you see, I've lived through these decades of where they have taken God out of every avenue, every venue in life that they can. And when God is not there, there is no peace. Our Father is the God of peace. I've never seen or felt or known such unrest, conflict, hostility, rudeness, and intimidation as I have in this election COVID year, and that's just when I'm standing in line at Jack's at my six feet space waiting to get in. If there has ever been a time in which we Christian America need to stand up 
and be heard and show and tell that we know the God of peace, now is the time. Now is the time to use this as an opportunity because there is no peace all around. Matter of fact, you know what? You being in Sunday school is one of the most visible, on-purpose ways to you that you show that you know the God of peace. It's huge. We, we do a lot of talk, but we do very little walk. I hear people say all the time, I die for my faith. But they can't make it to church? You see, we, we have such a disconnect. We have such a huge disconnect. Um, there's a, a disconnect between knowing the God of peace and salvation and knowing it in my head and knowing the God of peace in my daily living. Hmm. In my daily attitude. In my daily responses. A man was being tailgated by a stressed out woman on a busy boulevard. Suddenly the light turned yellow just in front of him. Now he did the right thing. He stopped at the crosswalk, even though he could have beaten the red light by accelerating through the intersection. The tailgating woman was furious, honked her horn, screamed in frustration as she missed her chance to get through the intersection, dropping her phone and makeup. As she was still in drop as she was still in mid-rant, she heard a tapping on her window. She looked up into the face of a very serious police officer. The officer ordered her out of the car. He booked her, took her to the police station where she was fingerprinted, photographed, and placed in a holding cell. After a couple hours, the policeman approached her, opened the door, escorted her back to the booking desk where the arresting officer was waiting with her personal effects. He said, I am very sorry for the mistake. You see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn, flipping the guy off in front of you, cussing a blue streak at him, and I noticed the What Would Jesus Do bumper sticker, the Choose Life, the, the choose life license plate holder, the Follow Me to Sunday School bumper sticker, and the chrome-plated Christian fish emblem on the trunk. And so naturally, I just assumed you had stolen the car. Uh-huh. Okay. I had you take a peace inventory two weeks ago. I had you take this home to fill it out. It was your own personal quiz. It was so good. Um, I, I got this from, I, the author leaves my mind right now, but it was uh, The God of Peace, a uh, book that I had been reading, and I got these questions from him because they were so revealing. They were so, they made me be so accountable because you know what we tend to do when we don't have peace? Uh, when we do live agitated, we get used to it because everybody else is that way too. And what I did when I took this is I first prayed, Lord, reveal to me, show me where I'm not living with your peace. Show me the attitude that I want to keep justifying and covering up. Reveal it to me. And each one of these questions you had to answer with never, seldom, frequently, or consistently. So, hey, I love that. It wasn't yes or no. It was at least a graduated scale <laughs> on which I could, you know, be brutally honest with myself. There's more up here for those of you who might want one. But there were questions like, do you have peace of mind? Is your mind controlled by the Spirit of God? Or is your mind filled with a jumble of unresolved grievances, unfinished plans, and frustrating disappointments? Right at this moment, can you say that your mind is at peace. 
Never, seldom, frequently, consistently. Here was another one. Are your feelings at peace? How we feel affects the way we live and how we relate to others. Do you feel at peace right now? Are you free from smoldering anger, nagging fears, frustration, envy? And then the same, never, seldom, frequently. Here was another one. Since your relationships with people have so much to do with how you experience peace, do you let others rob you of inner peace? I've often... Um, referred back to a time in which <clears throat> was just a really low point in my own personal life and uh, I was taking the children to therapy. It was Clint going to therapy but the twins were with me and my the goodness of my day and the amount of peace that I had in my heart and the joy of the Lord was all dependent upon if Clint had a good therapy session. If he did, I was walking on cloud nine. If he didn't, I was devastated. Everything was wrong. And it's so, it's so natural to live that way. And by the grace of God, as I was in my Bible early one morning, just so defeated. Because, see, when something doesn't go right, what you and I tend to do in our natural thinking rather than our spiritual thinking is to pile onto that thing all the other things that aren't right in my life. And at that point, nothing was right in my life because there were some hard things. And just the opposite is true. But see, we won't naturally think that way. God says, child, would you please come to my table? I will give you what you need to fill you up, or you're just going to keep living empty, and it's a downhill slide. By his grace. But I don't want to go into that. But, but think of those own situations in which, yeah, I've been there. I've been frustrated. I, I, I've let others or I've let situations rob me of my peace. We're going to get in today to God's instant solution. I love instant solutions because, because I'm me. Because I don't want to continue living in this dilemma or this doubt or this fear. Somebody, um, a, fr a friend gave this to me. I like this. Fear. Ready? False evidence appearing real. Fear. False evidence appearing real. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? And that's what the devil does every day as a peace destroyer in your life and in mine. He presents all this false evidence. I've got to know the truth, and that's where we're going to get. But um, what it's circumstancing, allowing circumstances to disrupt your your peace, your ability to be at peace, to remain calm in the face of trouble. Okay, so this is just a really, really good account of it. If you've not taken that, I encourage you to because it will take you to the table that God has prepared for you because you are admitting, Lord, I'm empty. Lord, I have this need. Lord, I'm angry. And then God will give you his solution, his filling just for that, and that's what we're going to start talking about. Um, as I took this test, the Holy Spirit put his finger on a couple areas that I needed to deal with, and I, I prayed and I confessed and I, I asked the Lord to forgive me, and then I labeled it. It's important that you label, label specifically. Two of the things I had to label had to do with fear. One of the things I labeled had to do with a constant irritation toward, okay? 
I label that. If you don't label it, you're never going to find God's solution for that particular thing in your heart and your head. And it's not to say, it's not to say that once you confess it and once you get God's solution and you put it into practice that, okay, I'm done with this. Oh, no. Satan goes about as a roaring lion every day. He never takes a moment off. He's going to use my weaknesses. He's going to take advantage of what I have blown out into the air with my wrong words. He takes advantage of that. He's the prince of the air, girls. Be very careful. This is why it's so imperative. Let no corrupt communication come out of my mouth. It's, it's not because Kathy always wants to speak encouraging. I do want that, but I'm scared to death of what the devil will use against me as I just spew my feelings. God forbid. Um, so I confessed it, and I, and I looked up then what God had to say because God will always give you the solution from his word. It's not going to come from my friend. It's not going to come from my mother, if she could, and she did. It's not going to come from the world, obviously. It's not going to come from Dr. Oz. It's going to come from God's word. So I looked that up, and I, I began memorizing those sections, and I said, Lord, next time this hits me, next time this hits me, this fear I will speak your word out loud in reference to it. That is the bullseye. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And when I live in fear, even just a low, a low level of fear, it so douses the joy of the Lord. It so douses my contentment. It so douses what I need to show this world that has no peace. <laughs> the last couple of weeks we talked about because what we have, because our Father is the God of peace, we get to live worry-free, care-free, peace-filled, unflappable, patient, easygoing, relaxed, happy. Was I that this morning? If I wasn't, if I wasn't, if I was not that yesterday, then there is something I need to deal with. And God is saying, child, get to the table. We're going to take care of it. There's something so good I want you to give. So God's peace cannot be broken by life storms. with the challenges and the disappointments in our life. Yes. Now, I know that experientially, but I know that from the word of God, which is even more important than my experiences or your experiences. Last week, we ended with the two immediate things we do when all of a sudden we lose God's peace. When all of a sudden, And how do you know if you've lost God's peace? <laughs> okay. Just ask the person next to you, do I have God's peace or not? We are very, we are very expressive. We are very verbal. We are very visible when we are not living with God's peace, kind of like that woman in the car, okay? Now, maybe not to that level, but, you know, if you're wondering, do I live with God's peace? Ask your kids. Ask your kids or ask your husband or ask the people you work with, or ask your class. They will tell you, and what, are, what we all know is better than that, read Ephesians 4 and 5, because God writes out how I am when I am not living with his peace. 
And then, praise God, he gives a solution of what I can put on to walk in the spirit, to live in peace. So study it, Ephesians 4 and 5. Well, in these issues that the Holy Spirit was so definite about concerning where I had to give myself a really bad grade, the two things I ended with that I want to say um, last week, because these are instant solutions with when somebody is a peace grabber in your life or when a situation comes in. Number, what are the two things we immediately learn to do? And it must be learned. You know what's gonna, what comes naturally is just to grab what's ever handy in my um, cupboard of emotions concerning that. I was making Clint oatmeal, and I, he has oatmeal every day, and, and I was in a rush, and so my spices are all in a holder, and they're all alphabetically there, and I, I grabbed what I thought was cinnamon, but it wasn't. It was celery seed. <laughs> Because he always has cinnamon and honey in his, I went, oh, you know. So what we do when something disturbs our peace is we grab the first thing that's handy. And I tell you what, girls, every time it's going to be out of my carnality. Every time it's going to be out of my flesh. And God says, learn. He says, be slow to speak. Quick to hear. Slow to speak. So the first aspect of is retraining, relearning, rehearsing. Lord, I know there's going to be a person that's going to be a big peace disturber in my day today. I know there's going to be a situation that I don't even know about, but you do. Feed me accordingly right now with the bread of life so that I have your peace to respond with. And then get excited, Jenny. Get excited. Get excited, Betty, about the fact that God is going to work in you, our verses, Hebrews. He's going to perfect you in that very thing. Now, that makes me excited. Do I still love the fact that peace is going to be ripped out of my heart? No. Nobody get excited about the fact that God is perfecting me and working in me for the first thing that you have to do when a peace disturber comes. Number one, learn to pray the right question. Father, how can I glorify you in this? Girls, I promise you, if you learn to do this in everything that is your peace disturber, what it does, it, it changes the trajectory of where you will go with this new disturbance. God, how can I glorify you in this? This is so wrong. But see, then I go back to the problem. My trajectory is to stay on the path of two things every time. Father, how can I glorify you in this? I seek to, it's my purpose, why I was made. I seek to glorify you in this. And then number two, you state your faith. I can't wait to see what you're going to do with this. That puts me on such positive ground. Again, our verse in Hebrews, God is going to perfect me. He's going to work in me according to his will. He's going to, he's going to change me. So, tuck that in, and now we're going to go, we're going to dig a little deeper with, with God's peace. Um, those areas, those areas, pinpoint them and pray immediately about finding God's solution in his word and then these two things. God, how can I glorify you in this? And two, I cannot wait to see what you're going to do. And this is what our Father does to teach me. Okay, now, now we're shifting, okay? Another platform. This is what our Father does to teach me, to remind me. 
And this is found back into the Lord's Prayer again, Matthew 6. It's, give me this day my daily bread. He's calling me to his table for a purpose. David said, and I couldn't remember if we had covered this last week or anything, because I just talked to you last week. David said, he penned, thou, my God, preparest a table before me in the presence. Did we talk about this last week? I can't remember. Okay. In the presence of my enemy. You know, what the, you know who the enemy is? It's your peace disturber. God has a table fixed ready for me to fill up on in regards to the enemy, the peace disturbers. Now, in David's life, he was literally running for his life, and, and he was so at peace, Donna. Psalm 4, a chapter that saved my life and saved my... Now, I will both lay me down and sleep in peace, for thou, Lord, makest me to dwell in safety. And we're going to get into God's sovereignty right here. Psalm chapter 4. Do you know when David penned that? When he was fleeing from Saul for his life. It wasn't when he was in the palace on his feather bed with one of his wives. <laughs> okay. Okay, we won't get into those issues. But um, So, thou preparest a table for me, before me. When I fail... When I live today empty, and you all know when that happens, when I'm spiritually depleted, that happens when I'm not at his table and I'm not walking in the spirit, I'm walking how? In the flesh. Because when we live empty, you know what happens? What happens when your tummy's empty? You growl. You growl. Your tummy growls. We don't even have any control over it. Isn't it embarrassing when you're, you know, sitting with people, especially if you don't know the people? And you're hungry, and your tummy's empty, and, and your tummy just, you know, makes an obnoxious noise. Do you know what's even more serious and more obnoxious? Is when my spirit is empty, and I'm walking around life, and there is a constant growling going on. I'm empty, I'm empty, I'm empty. And God says, get to the table. I've got something that is going to so fill you up. God, number one, is the only source for the kind of consistent peace that you and I need every day. So we're going to begin with a step one now, again, if you have a pen. Step one, living with that peace today begins with, ready? Knowing, of which, every, as far as I can tell, everyone in here, we, we, we are going to know this already. So it's relearning, remembering that our Father is the God of peace and the peace of God is ready, unrivaled authority. Now, this is so beautiful how this goes back to our Lord's Prayer. Number one in my life for me to live every day with a consistent peace of God is to recognize and revel in his unrivaled authority. You know where that would bounce back to? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. 4611 Dartmouth, he reigns, he reigns, thy kingdom come. Who's king of your kingdom? Who's king of your heart, of your mind, of your life? Our Father. So it goes back to God reigning because I'm recognizing his unrivaled authority in my life. 
He reigns. Kathy doesn't reign. And when I put that in order, everything falls into order. And when that gets out of order, it's odor and it stinks. So, first of all, his unrivaled authority. Turn your Bibles to Acts 18.27. I just love this part. Acts 18.27, okay. His unrivaled authority because, number one, he is creator. In the beginning, what? In the beginning, what? God created. He has unrivaled authority because he made everything. He is the creator. He is the sustainer. Acts 18, 27. Oh, by the way, when I pray, give me this day my daily bread, I am recognizing, I'm acknowledging that God is my provider. He is my provider. He's my sustainer. It is God that gives me my next breath. Everybody take a deep breath right now. <clears throat> no, we're not in a birthing class, but go ahead. Take that cleansing breath. Cleansing breath, ready, in. Out. Do you know only God makes that possible? He gives me my next breath. Now, I love this verse in Acts. Acts 18, 27. <coughs> For in him we live. In other words, we breathe our next breath. We move. Go ahead and move. 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 We move only because God made us that way and he is keeping my body working. In him we live and move and have our being. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, thank you. Yep, thank you. Oh, I was my dyslexic kicking in there. I had 1827. 1728. <clears throat> now, I'm not going to take time to go into the miracle of simply taking the breath that you just took because it would take... We'd be here all week. But just let me say this. Breathing in oxygen, our lungs expand and take it in. Then our lungs diffuse it into the blood. All along, simultaneously, I am breathing out carbon dioxide. My brain, um, oh, I think I was talking about, my brain controls the amount of oxygen that my lungs disperse according to my need, and my needs, Robin, change moment by moment. If I'm running or if I'm resting, my brain takes that in all and then disperses the oxygen as according to what my body needs. That is absolutely amazing. So, and that's, that's the Reader's Digest version, version of it, okay? Um, how many of you awakened thanking God for the miracle of your next breath. How many of you opened up your eyes and said, oh, thank you, God, I can breathe. No, you know what we did? We just breathe. We just breathe. Jesus is reminding me when I pray, Father, give me this day what I need, that it all comes from him, that it all comes from him. Fill me as my day empties me. Fill me, you are my sustainer, my provider, and do you know how our father responds? Come to my table. Come to my table. And this is so good because when he, this again goes back to the Lord's prayer in order. He says, come to my table. Oh, wash your hands. Heart. Wash your hands. Heart. Why? Because you don't come to the table unwashed. All right? This, this is all in order for a purpose. Come to the table with a washed heart that was covered with hallowed be thy name. Holy. You're holy, child. 
Live up to your name. I've given you my name. Wash clean. Now run to the table because I've got just what you need to be filled. Okay, he's also omniscient. He knows all from beginning to end. I was venting to Trina about this mail-in ballot issue. It just so personally ticks me off because of the deceit and the cheating and the manipulation that I know is going to happen. And Trina sweetly let me vent, and, and she said, but Mama, God's in control. God's in control. It is God that sets up thrones. It is God that takes down thrones. I laughed, and I said, honey, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. God is in control. When you speak the truth, it realigns your thinking, and it establishes your feelings. God is in control. Tell the lady next to you. She needs to hear that. This, God is in control of every peace disturber in my life. God is in control. He's om omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He is all-powerful. How silly for me to think that uh, God's power might be affected by a manipulating, deceitful postal system run by the Democrats. Oh, did I say that? Oh, <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> He's omnipresent. Oh, we are all rotten sinners, girls. The only difference is, by God's grace, by God's grace, we get to live for his glory. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. And yet he's present with me when I sit at his table. Wow. Now, the God of peace, now, the God of peace, as in Hebrews 13. This is our Father. So step one of living with God's unchangeable peace in the midst of my changing day is to what we've just done here in class. Recognize, remember, rehearse who my Father is when that peace is snatched away from me. There will never, never, never be real peace without a firm conviction of the sovereignty of God in your life. That's why you need to be in his word. That's why you, you need to learn to pray. And Jesus said pray without ceasing because there's so many peace disturbers. And next week we're going to get into where, where that really is such a practical way to go through your day. Pray without ceasing. I can't wait to share with you as God tarries. But applying this truth, you learn to ask with every peace invader, God, you are in control of everything. How can I glorify you in this moment, this rotten moment, or with this rotten person? <laughs> Adjectives are fine. Direct them to your Lord. It is your feeling, and he's intensely concerned about my feelings. For we have a high priest. For we have a high priest who in every point was tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He says, child... Your family. You can be changed into my image. And then state your faith. Father, I can't wait to see what you are going to do with this. Philippians 4. You all know it. In everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known and the Peace of God, 
which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts in mind. You don't have to lose your mind over this. It, it doesn't even have to be a preoccupation in your mind. I am your father. Would you please come to the table? I've got just what you need. How do I learn to live with this peace all throughout my day? Well, in the morning, I've established God is in control. I fill up at his table. But then the day so quickly empties me, and there's a strategic place that we're going to step into next week in God's word with finding that the answer is not just to be filled at his table, but it's to grow up. That's the higher purpose. It's not just to be filled. It's the privilege of growing up. When God calls me to his table, he doesn't say, come and eat. Eating is consumption. Do you know what he calls? Come and dine. Come and dine. See, that's companionship. Come and dine. So with thinking about that, um, we're going to step into some really sweet depth in study about practically living with the peace of God all day long, recognizing, first of all, God's total authority, his sovereign authority in my life and in my world. See, we're all selfish. We're selfish to the core. And God sometimes, in this issue of growing up, he says, I want, I want you to come to my table, not just to fill up, but to grow up. I don't want you to be, you know, salvation births us. We're a baby, and then we're told to, the milk of the word begins to grow us, and then we go on to more substantial stuff as we live in obedience to what the word says to do. And he says, now, you're not at my table just to become a bigger baby. You're, you're at my table to be changed. You all received a little cookie, your um, Sunday school cookie. It is a pumpkin, a bodacious, beautiful pumpkin. But it began as this little papery, thin, pale, oval seed. But God changed it. Now, the seed didn't get bigger. The seed was changed. See, all of nature lives in obedience to its maker, except for mankind. And God says, look how this seed began. Child, if you think this is a miracle, that this little papery, thin, nondescript seed could become something so glorious, grand in this gourd, you can't believe the change I want to do in you. Come to my table. Feast on what I have fixed for you today. Thou preparest a table before me. With every issue in your heart right now, with every little peace disturber, with every little irritation, with every little sigh, oh, my kids are at college. Oh, my baby went to school. Oh, I got to deal with you. <laughs> with every single one of those, understand God makes beauty from my ashes. That is the very thing he wants to say, child, get to my table. I fixed for you something to ingest. 
that not only will give you peace, my peace, but I will change you for my glory. And it just gets more and more exciting. Get to God's table. Would you pray that with me? Father, thank you that you are sovereign God. But, Father, that you would be my God and that my Father is the God of peace. Lord, may we get serious about living all day to day with your peace because, Father, it makes, such a, it makes a difference about everything. It makes a difference to everyone we talk to, everyone we we meet everyone we everyone that confronts us it has nothing to do with how they are or what they do it has everything to do with what you want to do in me and father i pray for that beautiful change and i pray that the spirit of god in each of us would deeply convict and challenge us in those areas in which we are just covering up and lord that we would confess it and replace it recognizing, number one, how can I glorify you in this? And number two, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. In thy precious name, amen.